0: Hello everybody. It's Leslie Jane Seymour at Reinvent Yourself, and I have a wonderful person today for you to listen to who is really going to give you some fabulous tips and you have to get to the end because the tips are so fantastic and nobody else has given us those tips about reinventing yourself. Her name is Randy Levin, and she is a she calls herself a transitional life strategist. So I love her because there are coaches a dime a dozen. And I just love the fact that she refuses to call herself a coach, which of course is part of what her training is. But she's figured out that it's all about transitions. And since Covey Club women are all about transition and Reinventing Yourself is all about transition, I thought she would be one of the best coaches for us to speak to. And boy, has she got a lot in store for you. We're going to talk about... How do you know when to get a coach instead of psychotherapy? What is the difference? How do you find a coach? I mean, honestly, there are a bazillion coaches out there. How do you figure it out? So I just want to welcome our new guest, Randy Levin. So, welcome, Randy. I'm so glad to finally get you into this podcast because you are a transitional life strategist. And oh my God. What is reinvention but a transition? So welcome. Thank you, Leslie. Honored to be here. Great. So let's talk. First of all, you're a reinventor yourself. So let's talk a little bit briefly about that. How did you become a reinventor? And, you know, talk about you were just mentioning to me a little earlier how you closed all your businesses down that you worked for beforehand. I think a lot of us have had that experience of closing businesses, unfortunately. So talk a little bit about your executive background and then we'll talk about what you do now. Absolutely, absolutely. So my story isn't that edgy, but it's
1: very relatable. Um, The business piece of it, for sure, um, was in corporate America for the better part of a decade and a half. I was a buyer, I was in retail and worked for some of the major players many of which, of course, are not on the retail scene any longer. And so you have all of those transitions that that you make throughout all of that. And um, yes, coaching is my own reinvention. And once I stepped off the corporate track, I was a stay-at-home mom for a long time. And there was this echo, this voice, this piece of me that kept saying, OK, so what's your legacy? What is that little piece that's really about you? Where is that going to come forward? and quite frankly, Leslie, I asked myself a question. I asked myself, what would I do if nothing were stopping me? What would I do if it were 10 years ago? And is that still something that I can bring into the current moment? And the answer to that is what led me to coaching.
0: So when you say 10 years ago, what do you mean by that? Because this well, sounds like a question that um, our listeners could be asking themselves too. Can you be specific about what you're saying? Absolutely. There? Absolutely. I, I personally was hurling
1: toward a big birthday. And so I stopped and said, okay. Okay. You
0: know, how big? Let, uh, let me hear how big
1: that was. It was that was. half century mark one. You know that. Oh, okay. That's a good one. <laughs> Okay, I thought you were going to be crying about turning 30. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. It, it was the half century one. And I okay. was like, okay, you know, I've been telling myself that I was going to do certain things forever and did not do them and kind of lived out, you know, years ago when I was back in college, I was talking about going to grad school with my dad. And this was the 80s, dif- different time frame. Right. Um. And, and my dad growing up, you know, war and post-war 50s, that mentality. And I said, hey, maybe I'll go to grad school. And he said, oh, no, 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 you don't need to do that. You're going to meet a guy, you're going to get married, and you're going to have
0: kids. God, I'm so amazed that that it was articulated like that. Oh, it was that really it sounds was. like a generation beforehand.
1: Yeah, it, it really was. I mean, he was somebody who had started college and, and didn't finish college, but had uh-huh. major senior roles, um, you know, senior VP in companies. And you know, it was still that era where that really worked. Um, and I remember hearing it and thinking, no, 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 no. Uh, I don't need to go to grad school, but I know I want to do this buying thing. And so I stepped into the corporate track and 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 did all of that. And yes, I met the guy. Guy, at Macy's, actually. Um, and I did get married. <laughs> you did. I did have those children. Okay. Then, well, wait a minute, I became a stay-at-home mom, which, you know, in and of itself, not so novel a, a concept. But it occurred to me as I was hitting this big birthday that wait a minute, did I somehow live out his limiting beliefs? You know, was I somehow um doing exactly what he said? I met the guy, I, I got married, I had the kids so I didn't need that degree. And I said, well, wait a minute, where's that piece that's me? And, and there's so many things that I'm good at, that I'm an expert at. So I asked myself, what would I do if it had been 10 years earlier? Let's say I was 40, okay? I see. And, right? and I had nothing stopping me, no limiting beliefs, no fears, no my kids need me, none of that stuff. Only thought was, what would I do? And I knew the answer. And for me, that answer was about legacy. It still is. It is my why, my purpose. However, it was very specific. I said, "Hmm, I would go back to school and add to my, you know, bachelor's science degree uh, a, a master's in, in, um, you know, an LSW. You know, something that would take me forward to be able to help people. I wanted to own, own, open my own business. I wanted to support women. I wanted to have that platform to speak, to write, to have a voice, um, and to really help other people change their lives because I knew I was changing mine." in that moment. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: I started to research that further because now I had this concept and I didn't have it from yesterday. I brought it into today. And that's the important piece. It wasn't like I was rehashing, oh, if only I had. No, this is what I want to do. How do I make that happen now in current time? And so I started researching what was out there. I was actually thinking, okay, I'll go back and I'll get this degree. And then I saw this coaching stuff come up. And I did a lot of research. I started asking everyone I knew, who do you know? The coaches, what do they do? Can I speak to them? You know, and then I, you know, spoke to everybody at, at IPEC when I decided that that was the coaching school I was going to. And no, I want to speak to a graduate. I want to speak to somebody who's in the program. I knew more about coaching before I ever laid down my credit card to, to get my certification than, than probably anybody. But that was what I needed to know. I needed to feel that this was the right thing. I needed to cross that bridge, if you would. Um, and once I did, I knew, I knew from the moment that I entered into this that this was exactly the right thing for me. Um, so yeah, sometimes a little look back, bringing that into the current moment, is is a nice way to help yourself pivot.
0: And how old were the kids when you decided to do this?
1: Um, high school and middle school, and you know, now I got one in college and one out in the world, and and you know, it it, it, it goes fast. <laughs> <laughs> so and what I thought was legacy. Ahead. What I thought uh, was legacy that that idea that my kids, my husband was going to say, oh, look what she did, you know, in her fifties. Yeah, that's important. But the legacy I'm talking about is really about me. It's about taking the end result and bringing it again into today. How can I drive it? How can I curate it? What can I do now that can cre- create this life that I most want?
0: And, and so talk to me a little bit about the kind of transitions that you see and that you talk to women about. What are you seeing?
1: Uh, well, and yeah, what uh, are the trends? Well, a lot of trends in terms of coming out of that corporate track, certainly. Um, okay,
0: do you feel like women are being pushed out of the corporate track or are you seeing people opt out or both or what, what do both. you see?
1: I think maybe burnout may be the right word. Um, you know, having done it for a number of years or decades and just saying, Hey, you know, this doesn't feel like a fit. Maybe it hasn't felt like a fit for a really long time. What else can I do? You know, mm-hmm. is, can I do something? And to get past that, uh, those fears that show up about do I have the skills or am I too old or, you know, Is this something I can show up for now? Um, And I think that more and more as we age, and certainly what what you're doing uh, with Covey Club, is that there are these second and third and fourth chapters of our lives. And we are embracing them, particularly as women. We know we're living longer. We're savvier. We're healthier. We're not ready to, I hate the word, retire. We're not ready to retire. Retire means go to sleep. I'm not going to sleep anytime soon. I don't know about you.
0: Right. (laughs) Correct. And is that what you're seeing generationally? Are you seeing that most people are no longer heading towards retirement, that that is not something that's in their purview and they want to be valuable and they want to be engaged well after what other people might think is retirement age?
1: Absolutely. I think the whole demographic is changing with, with baby boomers. I mean, we are the single largest retiring population ever. Um, and you know, I don't think for most of us, we're ready to just go play golf and and travel and curl up in a corner somewhere at, you know, in our sixties. And so what's really happening is people are opening businesses, they're they're getting out there as solopreneurs, they're writing the book they always wanted to write, they're finding a platform to speak or to to re engage in in community in a way where they are experts, and we're all experts in so many different things. We don't stop long enough sometimes in our journey of life to think about all the areas that we really are experts in.
0: So So, how do you help people across a transition? Because I would say that most of Covey Club people are in some kind of transition. It could be created by a health issue. It could be created by divorce or by losing a job or by their children going to college and having the empty nest. They are definitely in transition and what do you do to help people through transition and why is transition such a frightening word?
1: Well, because it's the unknown. <laughs> so the biggest thing that shows up for everyone in this is fear. It's it's the biggest thing that holds us all back. You know, we don't know what's out there. We don't know what the finish line looks like, and we want to control that in some way. Um, And so that's where we tend to lean into what's safe and what we've known. But if you think about it, everything we've ever done is unknown until we know it, you know, from, from walking to talking to tying our shoes to, you know, changing careers. It's all unknown until we embrace it. And so what I do is I work with Uh, predominantly women to kind of lose the rules around that not society's rules but the rules that we bring forward to ourselves sometimes that no longer apply that may be from a job we had ten years ago or from a marriage that failed or from um, a childhood like I, I told you about my father you know that maybe those were his rules in his head I don't need to carry that baggage so we need to kind of sometimes lose and reshape the rules as we've known them so that we can get past that fear to fear less So
0: let's talk about specific instances, Randy, of how you help people across these fears of the unknown. What are the fears that you're hearing specifically? And if you can give an example or two, obviously you don't have to name names, but give us an example of the kinds of fears that are out there and then how people get over them.
1: Well, there there really is this this fear of possibly not being good enough, not being able to show up um, in some kind of perfect mold, um, some idealized idea of how we should should do something. And so sometimes if if we feel that we can't do the whole thing, we don't do any of it. So what I work with people in doing specifically for that is to work on those little half steps. What are those things we can do in the current moment that are a little less scary? They may be really tiny little things, but every one of those successes every one of those steps you take forward links together and brings you forward to being able to see that wait a minute I am good enough I can do this I have done it you know where's the truth in that so it's really kind of a a reflection back when people work with me in terms of being able to see what's really true for them, what's, what's going on for them right now versus what their thoughts are saying could happen or, or happened you know, another time in their life. So that's a big one. Um, and also really kind of a, a fear of um, success. You know, and that plays, plays with, with the fear of not being good enough too, you know. So what will it say about me if I don't become a success? Or if I become a success, will I be able to maintain that? Do I want what that is? Um, and so really being able to clarify that, break it down into, again, small pieces so that um, we can manage what that is and 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 do things that that make sense along the lines of taking that forward instead of allowing it to hold us back. Um, it's It's really about... Um, exploring, you know, why we're not doing something and being able to um, ascertain what those things are that we most want, why we want them, and how we can grab hold of them. And you know what, we all can. It's it's just this fear that, that, that tends to hold us back.
0: Can you give an example of, uh, you know, somebody you coach through something like that? What kind of, what kind of, Sure. Thing did you have to work on to, well, and you know, obviously a shortened version. Yes, we can't absolutely. be here for three weeks,
1: but. Absolutely. Just, One of the things that keeps showing up, um, as I'm, I'm coaching more and more women who are stepping out of more of a corporate uh, scenario into owning their own business is, you know, we'll be talking that through, we'll be going through all the, the, the pieces of what that means and starting their business. And maybe they're getting their first clients and you know, stepping into all of the, um, all of the, the, uh, highlights of what that means and they'll say something like well yeah so i don't really know if i can take time off or i'm not sure that that you know uh, that that's going to work that way and i'll say well who would be sure and and who's going to give you permission to to take that time off and they'll be like well wait a minute and i'm like yes that's the thing you're the boss now you're in charge and you're working on your own and you're a solopreneur And that's the big difference, I think, for a lot of people um, as they step into something else is really being able to understand that we have these choices and we can make these decisions over and over again for ourselves because we are the CEOs of our life. And I think it really comes to light, particularly when one is stepping into their own business. You're not used to that. You're used to um, having to um, clear things with a boss.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean to go to somebody else. You know, having to have you know that team in place that has to understand everything, which you may or may not have when you're starting something. So yes, you have this control to make decisions, and you've had it all along. You just haven't executed it. So I think that is one of the things that shows up for a lot of people, particularly in that um, demographic, of um, really being able to understand that that you do have more control than than you're allowing yourself to realize, um, and it's a very empowering
0: thing. Kinds of things. What about when you're not transitioning to be an entrepreneur? Because some people will, but some mm-hmm. people are not entrepreneurs, you know, right. at so all.
1: Really working with people to see who they are right now. Really having them meet themselves in the mirror. Um, I have a, a client now who um, had a gastro bypass, okay, and lost 170 pounds. So when wow. she looks in the mirror, she sees a completely different human being. Half of wow. The- from before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, you know, who am I now? Um, and I think that that shows up for a lot of, lot of clients on different levels, but I, that's an extreme example because wow. yes, you do need that support to coach through what's next for you and how are you going to embrace that and how are you going to literally let go of what's weighing you down. And um, yeah, <laughs> so those are the things we, we've worked on is really, she went back to school and she's, you know, kind of emerging in a whole new job and Yeah. It's 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 a renaissance, basically, and it's an exploration in coaching of what is possible and, and bringing that to light.
0: Now, there are a gazillion coaches out there. This is one of the things that drives me nutty lately. Um, there are, I mean, I literally have run into people who call themselves brain coaches. There are food coaches. There are I mean, there is a coach, there Randy, There are sex today. coaches. <laughs> I'm sure there are sex coaches. Absolutely. And the problem is, how do you, as a consumer, um, understand how to decipher, A, how do you know you need a coach, number one, and not psychotherapy? Number two, how do you figure out if what kind of coach you need? And then three, how do you how do you find the people who are actually good? Um, because it does seem a little bit like anybody can be a coach today. So Correct. how do I decipher? Which is one of the reasons
1: I don't call myself a coach per se. I call myself a transitional life strategist because there right. are a lot of people out there saying they're coaching okay. in some capacity and it has multiple of definitions. Uh, so your questions are really, really valid. Okay. So the, fir- the first piece of it, how does someone know if, if they need a coach? Mm-hmm. Well, um, if you're overwhelmed if you're feeling um, stuck in place, if you're feeling like things aren't working the way they used to for you and you just need that extra support. Coaching is very question-driven. There's a lot of visualization and imagery that's involved in it. It's about taking you from today into tomorrow. Not that we don't talk about the past, but we really don't dwell there. It's really about taking action in your life and having that accountability with with a good coach in order to take those steps that you need to take. My best clients, in all honesty, are those who are seeking um, therapy as well because they're really Uh working on themselves. They're committed to whatever those next steps are for themselves. And when you have that commitment and you do the work... It happens and it happens very quickly. The thing about coaching is that um, it is more short-lived than therapy is. And so in three months, six months time, you could easily just go through and get through all those blocks, get through those things that you really want to um, and you need the support in to really change your life. And it is actually possible to do that. It happens all the time. So different thing than therapy, where you may be going for a number of years, and you may be rehashing, you know, a whole lifetime of things that happened to you. This is very much more purpose driven. Mm-hmm. And then, yes, there's a lot of coaches out there. So what you want to look for is you want to look for somebody who's certified, somebody who went to school, went back to school um, to get a certification, who knows what they're doing, who knows the types of questions to ask, and um, can really gauge. Uh, the best, uh, the best way to um, take you forward and work with you. Um, and
0: is where, where do you find the certifications? And are there some that are better than others? Is there? Is it just? I'm sure
1: there point? are. You know, you want to be part of the the ICF, the the Coaching Federation, um, which. Okay. Uh, IPEC which i went through is so that that's one one thing um to look for the other is really know like and trust so you want to you know have some kind of if, if it's not somebody you've met in person which of course is always the best thing if it's somebody you've met virtually um or heard about or been linked to in some way you want to have a conversation with the person and you want to f- feel them out and you want to you know see what resonates. If they've written something, uh which hopefully they have, whether that's books, whether it's blog posts, you know, whatever that may be, if they've been on podcasts, listen to them, read what mm-hmm. they've written. You know Get familiar with with um, you know what makes them tick. What, what their their information is. What they're getting out there. What their voice is, if you would. Mm-hmm. Because you want to be able to resonate with that, and that's what people will say to me. They'll say, "My gosh, you know, I just read that, or I just heard you speak, or I just mm-hmm. listened to that podcast," and. Well, you know, I really like what you said about X, Y, and Z. And I think that would be really helpful for me. So you really want to seek the person out and do your homework around it because you're hiring somebody and it's not, it's an investment that you're making yourself. And so I'm not sure you would go and buy a car without test driving it some people do, I'm sure, you know, but you want to do a little bit of, 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 of um, due diligence in this and, and really do a little bit of research as to who's out there, what's out there, what do they stand for and where does it relate to you? And then specifically, what are you looking for? Are you looking for somebody to help you make that transition, whether it be uh, in the corporate sector or in the personal sector? And they are completely linked. People will hire me to do something personally. So they think it's personally, and then it turns into a whole business,
0: (laughs) business coaching scenario
1: because we're one person. We're not like, you know, one person at home and another person in the corporate world. So when I'm coaching somebody, I'm coaching them in 360. And I would hope that any good coach is doing that. So even if you're hired on a business, for a business um, result, if you would, or you're hired for a personal result, they're really synonymous in many, many ways. Okay. Yeah. So you want to break it down. If you're looking for somebody to really, you know, go through your business plan and help you write your LinkedIn and help you write your resume, you may be looking for a very specific business. And so commend to your, you in that versus somebody who's a transitional coach. If you're looking um relationship-wise, um to mm-hmm. like coach people on relationships, yes, I do, but there are relationship coaches. So you may want to break it down to the specific um you know area that somebody's specializing in or not, because it's really a no like and trust that you're gonna have with this person and and um, so yeah, read the testimonials, go on LinkedIn, see where they are. If they are someplace where you can listen to them or hear something, do it. Um, and then the third piece, what was that third question that you asked?
0: Well, how do you, I mean, how do you even get started? Do you, do you call people up and, or do you, do you chase them down on, on, you know, on their site? And do you expect when you say due diligence, will a coach talk to you free or do you pay for right to get well, started?
1: Okay. So um, everybody works differently, obviously. um, But most coaches will have some kind of communication set up. Like for me, um, I have a link right on my website on the homepage that says Let's Talk. And if you click on RandyLevinCoaching.com on the homepage and click on Let's Talk, it opens to my calendar. And you can schedule a virtual coffee is what I call it. Because Oh, cute. You need to be able to know, like, and trust, and you need to be able to have a conversation with me if we're going to coach together. Mm-hmm. So that's how I look at it. Um, so you you want to see where you can, you know, maybe connect with that person, have that conversation. Um, maybe you want to research a few people, um, right. and that happens very often. Where people will say, "Hey, you know, I've got three contenders, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out where the best fit will be." You want to ask people. You know, I mean, some people are very secretive about using a coach, and some people mm. you know, sing from the rooftops. I highly recommend singing from the rooftops because mm-hmm. this is something to be proud of. You're doing really incredible work. On yourself. You are doing something that is an investment in you that's going to take you forward. That is going to, and I like to tell people that, you know, what you're spending now keeps on going because whatever strategies, tips, everything that we work on, you can resurrect and bring back. Down the road, long after the right. sessions are done, so it's something that keeps on giving, if you would. So you you, you want to really be able to connect to a few people, maybe word of mouth. Um, so again, if you're if you're talking about it and something you're looking for, talk to people. Who have they used? Who do they know? You know, maybe somebody else listened to a podcast from somebody, or you know, saw somebody speaking live, or read a book that they wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You just want to research it so that you have the right fit in it, um, and it feels right to you because you want to show up in that, and you you're you want to be very authentic in it, and and um, you know it's personal stuff, and and you want to feel um, comfortable and confident in speaking to that person.
0: And how often are you using a coach? Is that individual as well?
1: Well, it, it's individual, but you know I think the one and done thing doesn't work quite as well for most people unless you're really mentoring somebody on a specific um thing maybe in their business or they maybe it's somebody who wants to quote-unquote pick your brain around something um that when and done could work for that where you're in a more of a mentorship role or if somebody really wants to get a flavor of what coaching could be but you're not really going to get the full effect of it. You're not going to step into the accountability portion of the programming. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to do the exercises that that I provide and most coaches provide in between the sessions, where you're really doing the work about the things that we talked about. You know, you're taking those actions, right. you're making that list, you're committing to doing this, you're putting that on your calendar, and you're seeing it through. So you know, it's it's nice to to have the session. You're going to get something out of that, but really linking it together so that there's you know um, a multi of sessions that are connected is really how you're going to make that progress and really make coaching work for you. Who does coaching
0: not work for?
1: It doesn't work for somebody who is standing in their own way. It doesn't work for you if you are not ready to do the work. And I tell people very much from the heart that they're paying me to make them cry yeah, that may sound a little brutal, but it's the truth. Because there's emotion that has to come forward in order for you to make progress, in order for you to take those those forward steps. And so you have to be ready for that, and and ready to embrace that.
0: How do you know if you're ready
1: though? Well, you feel that you've had enough. For some people, they have to get angry enough, <laughs> angry enough about their current situation, angry enough that they're, they're stuck in place, angry enough that they're not doing anything, coming out of a relationship maybe that didn't work or a job that didn't work, that they know that there's something out there. They know they want something better. They know something's changing for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They just don't know how to get there. So I think that that's really kind of the the piece that that you should look for. You know, it's almost like crossing a bridge. And, you know, me, my, myself, I saw bridges coming up for myself in my own transition. You know, at the beginning of it, it was kind of like, I feel like I'm crossing a bridge. I feel like I'm moving across something. And
0: mm-hmm. I
1: kept envisioning rickety bridges. But then a friend of mine said, why does it have to be a rickety bridge? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got some sphere around it. And this friend said to me, but, you know, what's your favorite bridge? And I said, the Golden Gate. And he said, well, so why can't it be the Golden Gate Bridge? And I said, that's it. That's my bridge. (laughs) So, you know, it's really what we're ready to embrace and, you know,
0: step into. Awesome. So in, in closing, Randy, what would you say for people who are trying to reinvent themselves? What are three things, but really, yes, Yes, no, I'm with you on that. But yeah, three specific things coming from your point of view and what you've seen Um, You know, we've had 26 people on this podcast before with all different points of view who've reinvented themselves or have created methods or platforms for women to reinvent themselves. Mm -hmm. So from your particular perspective, what would you suggest that somebody can take home and do tomorrow? Absolutely. The first one is to what I call
1: catch your thief.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: And that thief is fear. That thief is fear. And so I, I, I'd like to say this. If there were someone in your home, in your apartment right now, rifling through your stuff, stealing your jewelry, stealing your cash, you know, taking your tech stuff, would you do something about it? And I think the answer is yes, you would. You wouldn't look the other way and say, oh, I have that fear of commitment. You would do something, some small thing, something to take take back what's yours. And it's the same thing with fear. You want to be able to Take back what's yours. Um, make sure that those fears really do belong to you. So when I told you earlier about that story with my own dad and, and those limiting beliefs that he laid on me so many years ago, did I really own them? Did I have to own them? So sometimes we're, we're walking around with fears that aren't even ours. They're our parents, they're our spouses, they're our kids. You know, make sure it belongs to you. And then work on taking those steps that, whatever that is, that can have you do something around whatever that fear is cool secondly manage your energy currency so everything we do everything in life has energy around it and it's kind of like money like currency that we can spend so if we're spending our energy in the past and we're caught up in rehashing why that job didn't work out or that marriage didn't work out or that grudge that we're holding or you know something that 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 happened to us there's a lot of negative toxic energy there and it's very heavy and we're carrying it around and we may have all this uh, energy currency, if you would, but we can't spend it because the past is done. So nobody wants our money there. And the same is true in the future, except the difference in the future with our energy is that out in the future, our goals live and our business plans and our new year's resolutions. So we wanna be able to create a path toward them, but we don't wanna live in, the if you do, everything's about that goal, it's about that finish line when I get to this. And we miss the present yes so we're, we're out there in the future again we've got we have all this currency all this money we can't use it no one's taking it yet we're not there the only place you're a millionaire is in today
0: hmm, i like that in today. Today. fifty phrases get okay Spend this you okay
1: Spend this money you get to make choices and decisions you get to drive and curate the legacy of the life that you want and it's in the current moment in the 24 hours that we have it's the only place where you really can impact that future not out in the future it's in today so that's something you can start thinking about doing right now and the third is four little words stay in the conversation because we don't we start things we don't finish them and that's fine but we never follow it up we never look back to see what were the successes of the thing that we did we may go out to a networking event and say okay now I networked but you don't follow up on the networking in any way Um, so stay in the conversation with your clients with your spouse with your boss, um, with your children, and most importantly with yourself because it's kind of like a mantra. So if you're going about your day and maybe your day's not going well, you feel like, oh my God, I want to quit or you know this isn't working out. Just ask yourself, how can I stay in the conversation today? What can I do right now that can shift this just a little bit? And I'll bring you right back to the current moment. So it's a little trick.
0: Awesome. Oh my God. I want everybody, I'm going to tell them they have to wait to get to the very end of this. It's so good. We always save the best for last, right? Thank you. You are. And of course, you were such a great preparer. Of course, when I said bring three items that nobody else has done, you absolutely nailed it. So thank (laughs) thank you, Randy. And I so appreciate you being here. And I just can't wait to introduce you to everybody here at Covey Club. On Reinvent Yourself. So thank,
1: thank you, Leslie, and thank you for all that
0: you do. Great. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for joining Reinvent Yourself with Leslie Jane Seymour. I so appreciate you taking the time to join with us. And I hope that if you like the podcast, you will give us a few stars. That's the way that everybody else will find us. And will know that we're out there trying to help other women, just like you. Please give us five stars and post it everywhere. Also, if you'll share us with other people. And don't forget to come and join the Covey Club at CoveyClub.com. And also to find us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Thank you so much for being here again. Give us some stars. Give us some love so other women can find us. Thanks again from Leslie Jane Seymour at Reinvent Yourself.